This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, Sports to the Max. I am thrilled to be joined uh, by a colleague that I'm thrilled to call my colleague. Reg Chapman has just been nothing short of outstanding for us at Channel 4. Uh, for the long haul. And and most recently, if you missed it this week, he did two reports on what's going on in the city of Minneapolis in terms of gang-related violence. Um, one explaining basically how kids end up in a gang. And the other one um, to, tonight that he did uh, was how you turn uh, a weapon into a semi-automatic weapon that becomes machine gun-like and, and how they're able to access that. Um, Reg, I'm always proud of you, but but that work you did this week, because I got to tell you, people need to see this. They 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 need to understand it. And they might not like the way it tastes, this medicine, but they they got to know this is reality. This this isn't this isn't us sensationalizing things for ratings. This is the way it really works, and nobody knows that better than you. And you brought that to the forefront, and you put it in front of people, and you said, "Okay, this is the real world." And I know you've known that for a long time, but I want to congratulate you on those two pieces of journalism that are so important to our state and our cities right now? Well, <laughs> I'm humbled by your words, Mike, because uh, no one works harder than you, and I appreciate right. that coming from you. It's a huge compliment. But it's the 800-pound gorilla in the room. Yes. And, uh, a lot of officials don't want to talk about the fact that we have a gang problem in our city, and this highlights of how deep of a gang problem that we do have. Reg, part of the problem, and I want you to expand on this because you did it the other night wonderfully, is... I mean, it, it, I almost look this as akin to corporate America. What are we competing against? Well, well, the gangs and the carjackers can make thousands of dollars really easy. How are you going to recruit against that? Tell them to go to school and hey, you save your money. Explain, explain how this really works on the street and how they're able to recruit these kids 14 and 15 years old. Well, a lot of the kids see the fast money, and that's what they want. And these carjackings, a lot of these cars, the expensive cars, the ones that are higher end of the ones the kids are targeting, and they get those, and they can get good money for those, twenty, thirty, forty, sometimes $60,000 for these cars. The other cars that they're carjacking that may be your Toyota Camry or your Nissan Maxima, they get those, and they use those cars in the commission of other crimes, robberies and burglaries and shootings, and then they dump them to get another car to keep going. When you have a 15-year-old kid that can make $20,000 a day for a chopped-up car, for, for selling parts, how are you going to entice them to, to go straight and work a job for $15 an hour? 
that's the issue we're dealing with. And, and, you know, people always say you can't talk about getting rid of crime until you first talk about getting rid of poverty. It's poverty driven is why we have this issue with our gangs. They're all about who has the most money, who has the most drugs, and they're the ones who are on top. You know, we had Tyrone Terrell on the other day, someone that you know well uh, as well, and he, yeah. he said it was nine gangs 25 years ago, and now it's 150 gangs, and a lot of the gangs are really cliques, uh, but there are no rules, and, and, and there's no code in the street anymore, because at least when you had fewer gangs, you could define who's turf and, and who was with who. Explain that a little bit to us, uh, why that matters, and why the more gangs there are, uh, the more disjointed and the more unpredictable and, and, and the more potential horrendous crime we have. Well, Mike, back in 1996, when it was Murderapolis, when we did have the few gangs operating in our cities, you were able to sit down and have a gang summit because there were gang leaders. There were people you could talk to to say, okay, why are you doing this? This is why usually gangs had off-limits to elderly, off-limits to women and children. What we have now are offsets of gangs. They're cliques, and, and they're run by neighborhood kids, and whoever has the most money, drugs, uh, are the ones who run it. Everybody wants to be a leader. There is no leadership. There's no type of foundation to say, okay, this is what we stand for. This is what we don't stand for. These young men that are involved in the cliques, there's no moral compass. They just want their ultimate goal, and whoever's in the way is just collateral damage. <laughs> I, I want to be encouraging, and it's just so discouraging to hear what is reality, and our job is to bring reality to the people so at least you know what it is that you're working with, if, you know, what it is that's out there for the people that, that, that live in this city or, or, or this area. Explain how uh, the recruitment of juveniles has become, I mean, it's a key marketing component. It really is. This is something I got directly from Minneapolis police and members of the gun unit. When they show up to some of these crimes, some of the drive-by shootings, some of the homicides in the city, they see active older gang members on the scene talking to the younger guys, 13, 14, 15, making sure they get the weapons they need to go retaliate. They, they only go after these young guys because they know they're not going to get jail time. They know they're not going to go to jail if they're 13 or 14 with a gun. And specifically, since we look at our juvenile detention centers, the one Totem Town in St. Paul and the, the home in here in Minneapolis, they're closed. There are no beds. So, and these young people know this. That's why they are committing crime after crime. You're finding 15-year-olds with 10 or, 10 or 15 carjacking cases and, and never been disciplined. You're finding, you know, 14-year-old girls with five and six carjacking uh, cases. So it's not just the young men. It's the young women who are being enticed into this world of gang involvement. Reg Chapman is our guest. Uh, his two reports, look them up online at WCCO.com if you didn't see them uh, when they ran tonight at 6 and, and, and Monday, Monday night at 10, just, just riveting pieces. Uh, one of the things that you did was a ride-along, and in, your, in, in the uh, report that you did, uh, you're approaching Broadway and Lindale, and, and this is considered to be kind of the epicenter uh, of where there can be gang violence. Uh, how do they manage that, watch that, when they know it's a hot spot? As far as police? Yeah. Well, police know that that West Broadway corridor, Lindell and, and Broadway, Broadway's the dividing line. Anything south of Broadway belongs to the lows, click. Anything north of Broadway belongs to the highs. They've gotten so familiar, the gun unit has gotten so familiar with these young people, they know these guys. They know when they throw them in jail for a violation, they're going to be right back out, and they're going to see them right there on the strip. They are strategically placed in that area to make sure things don't get 
totally out of control, but they can't be everywhere at every time. You remember when I did that ride along, Mike, there were times when I was riding on the north side of Minneapolis and we were the only car in service. And that was just one officer, me and a photographer. So we couldn't respond to certain things because they didn't want to put us in danger. So we had to wait until another crew would come from a different precinct because there are no cops on the streets in North Minneapolis. And these gang members and clique members know that. They know at any time, at most, there might be five officers on the north side in the shift. Can, can you please stay on with us through a break? Because we haven't even gotten to the piece you did tonight, which I think is startling, too. Could, could you? Could, do you have a few more minutes? Yes, sir. Anything for you, Mike Max. Reg Chapman, man, uh, the best in the business, and, and what he's been able to do to bring you the reality of what's really going on on the streets, not just theory, not just what you want it to be, but what's really going on out there is riveting. More with him, including how they take a weapon and turn it into an automatic weapon next. Welcome back. Joined by Reg Chapman, my colleague at WCCO-TV. He did two great pieces on what's going on in the city this week uh, on WCCO-TV. One dealing with uh, the gangs, how they're formed, how they're recruited. Um, the the other one uh, tonight about uh, how they convert weaponry uh, from, you know, a, a standard pistol uh, into a machine gun, in essence, uh, by changing the clips uh reg tell me explain first of all what they do and how they do it it's called an auto sears or commonly known as switches on the street and it's a metal device that uh you can you can get you're not supposed to get it they're unauthorized unless you're a dealer but they're getting on the black market and it alters a gun and changes it from firing as a semi-automatic weapon to an automatic weapon so just like a 9mm pistol, pistol, you pull the trigger once, a bullet comes out. You pull the trigger again, a bullet comes out. When they put the switch on there, the bullets, you pull the trigger, it continuously fires until you lift off the, off the trigger. You can fire off 30 shots in three seconds. That's what we're hearing across the city now because a lot of these gang members have had access to these auto sears or switches. And what's even crazy now is that police are telling us that they're are even 3D printing them. They're plastic and not as durable as the metal ones that you get in the black market, but that's why you see so many of them because they're using 3D printing to print these things and pass them out among clique and gang members. But, you know, Reg, when you say that, I, I, I mean, if they corner you, you have no chance. If they, if they decide to spray into a crowd, it's horrific because they're, in essence, shooting a machine gun. And they call that collateral da damage. Uh, the uh, gang member we talked to said that if uh, their rival gang member that they're after is in the store with their mother, whoever's in the way of that automatic weapon is going down. They don't care. Um, they use it to, uh, like I said, to take care of their ops or their rivals. And as you see, they're shooting at funerals. They're shooting at funeral homes. They're shooting at repasses. They've even shot in churches. So it's the moral compass is off. Uh, there, there are no boundaries, uh, and these auto sears, or these switches, have police uh, concern because it's not even summer yet, and we're already, you know, on record pace again for homicides and shootings. And what happens when it really gets warm? And we talk about these switches in the hands of gunmen, gang members. Reg, I, I've been doing some things the last couple of days that I never thought that I, I, I can't imagine that this would have ever been in my top of mind. As the trial goes on for the three officers in the George Floyd case over in St. Paul, you know what I'm looking at first? I'm looking at the weather reports, and I'm trying to figure out if the jury comes to a conclusion or you know whatever it is uh, that may incite some kind of a protest, riot, whatever it is. And, and, and 
right now I'm feeling like the only defense we've got is a cold, frigid day um, to keep people inside so that they won't be so motivated. I never thought I'd look at that. You probably do too, huh? Yeah, definitely. You hope that it's a, if the verdict comes back and, and it's not favorable for what people or activists want, that you pray for a below 20 degree day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I you hate to say it, but I literally, that, 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 yeah. I feel like that's our best defense right now. Thank God for Minnesota winters, but uh, we're just hoping that, you know, all calm heads prevail. I think we've been through this enough through uh, the first George Floyd trial, as well as the Dante Wright trial to this federal trial that maybe cooler heads are prevailing and people are doing other things legislatively instead of marching in the streets. The gang person that you talk to, gives you what picture of the future in Minnesota in terms of gangs? He believes a lot of the young people who are involved in the gangs don't want to be. It's the end all to be all. They can't find jobs. There are, there are no opportunities. Um, there are very little opportunities for them. Um, but some of these young people I've talked to that are involved in these cliques, Mike, they're super smart. They're geniuses. It's they can amazing. figure it out. They're computer heads, they're artists, uh, spoken word artists, painters, some photographers, some videographers. I mean, these guys are talented. And if we can just find a way to, to take that talent and to put it in a positive direction, then we'd be all good. But until that happens, until those resources are poured into the communities where this is affecting uh, people, it's not going to change anything. Okay, so t- let's take Deshaun Hill, who, who you know... <laughs> My God, I, I was driving back from the university yesterday, and I was going to take a shortcut, and the next thing I knew, I was by North Central University, and I forgot the funeral was going on, and it was just room for pause on this terrible blizzard day, and these vehicles are, you know, there's not enough parking to, to sustain uh, what they want for for the service, and, and, and he's this, you know, incredible kid on the north side of Minneapolis that, that you know, a great athlete, uh, by all counts, great friend, all those things, and, and he's murdered, in, you know, I mean, he's executed for crying out loud. Tell me what effect that has on the north side as you see it when, when it becomes front and center and it's not gang versus gang and it's not a police shooting. It's just purely a high-profile innocent kid. How does that resonate over there? What steps do people take after something like that? Our young people are living in fear. They're afraid to be young. Most people who knew D. Hill we're extremely proud of him. This young man was a shining light. He was the next big thing to come out of the North side. Uh, this kid was polite. He was smart. He, he told his mom that, you know, if this football thing doesn't work out for me, I'm going to be an, enge- an engineer. And he had the grades to do it. He was looked up to by so many young people because he did everything right. And because he did and was cut down so violently, so senselessly, it has our young people frightened and their parents and even a bigger uproar you talked about the crowd at that funeral the other day and that was because northsiders take care of northsiders they they had to show up in that blizzard to be there and when i was in the vestibule of the sanctuary there was very little talking people were so hurt they couldn't find words but no. just the presence the hugs the touches walking by touching the fellow northsider to know that we're here i don't know what much i can do but we can be here together and we can get through this together. Reg, do you ever personally, and and do you worry about uh, another effect in, in the form of PTSD for yourself and others because you've seen so much for so long, and so have they? Definitely. I know that our young people are suffering from PTSD. 
I know their parents or guardians are, are doing the same. Um, there aren't enough mental health counselors to go around, no. especially of color. Uh, you find different coaches. Thank God for the coaches yeah. and the ministers in this community, from Bishop Howe uh, to Pastor Herring. These guys are, are opening up their churches and allowing the community to come to heal because it is traumatic. And uh, from someone who's been to war and who understands what PTSD is, I can look in the faces of fellow Northsiders and know they're suffering from the same thing that a soldier or Marine or airman does who's gone to combat. What's worse right now, what they've seen or the fact that they don't know when this ends? The unknown, exactly. What they've seen does impact them, but just the uncertainty of every day. I mean, it's almost every day there's a new black body, either on the north side or the south side. And so that causes an alarm in almost everybody who has to do business in these areas of town. Um just because you don't know what's going to happen next. And that's the biggest fear. I think people are concerned about what's going to happen next, more so than what they've seen in the past. Now, now today they found, uh, they arrested someone, a 19-year-old, in the shooting of this 10-year-old that was on a trampoline, and it's taken a long time. That happened last May. Uh, explain to people why it took that long to find out. What, you know, they say you know, you know, the streets keep secrets. Why would that secret be kept for so long? Well, see, that's hard to say. Uh, I know a lot of people have been pressing people to know because there are witnesses to these crimes. There are people who know things. And sometimes it takes a while for someone's heart to melt, for someone to say enough is enough. And during that time, uh, that precious little child was one of three yep. that were shot in the head, you know, in a, in a certain neighborhood amongst, you know, days apart. So I think it just took a while for those tips to call in uh, for people to say, this is, we got to get these people off the street. We got to get them off the street. So that's why it took so hard. But plus, our homicide detectives, um, Minneapolis police, are working overtime. These guys are, are few in number, but mighty in spirit. And they're doing the best they can, but they always say they can't do it alone. So this time, I believe it was community that helped these detectives find their person. Uh, last question for you, Reg, as, as we peer ahead. We, we know we're short on, on police officers and, and, and investigators uh, based on the amount of crimes that we've had. What can be, do you think recruitment of police is, is critical? Is, are we going to have to bring in um, uh, the National Guard more? Is there anything that can be done over the next year to quell this storm? I think we need homegrown officers. We need officers to come out of the ashes of these communities where there's so much violence. Uh, we need uh, little black, brown, uh, red, yellow, whatever color, kids to grow up to want to be law enforcement, to want to patrol their own communities, to want to be uh, that active voice and helping community grow and strengthening community and police relations. Um, until that time, until we can get those young people interested in law enforcement, we might have to um, rely on our law enforcement partners from the sheriff's department, uh, you know, to, uh, to even the national guard. I mean, it is what it is. We're going to do what we got to do to keep the residents of the city safe, but all while trying to solve the problem, not enough officers and doing that from a community standpoint and the community picking the officers they want to patrol their streets. Reg, keep doing what you're doing, and I know it's heavy lifting, buddy. Proud to call you a colleague, and, and uh, I, I mean, we are so freaking lucky uh, to have you on our staff over here and, and to be able to, to, to really give people what's really going on there. Um, and It ain't make-believe, folks. This isn't theatrics, but to have you and your sources and your contacts and your ability uh, to put it in layman's terms is, um, 
we are we are very lucky, and 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 all of us at Channel Four are thrilled at least through this to be able to call you a colleague. So thank you for what you do. Well, thank you. I'm blessed to work with such an incredible news team, including yourself. You guys, we are family, and uh, what you see on the air is true. We're tighter than tight, and uh, we're going to do the best we can for our community. Yeah, especially now. Thanks, Reg. We'll talk soon. Thank you, sir. Take care. That's the way it really is, folks. And sometimes I hate giving it to you, but... You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.